Hey guys, you got two bestie homeschooling mamas coming at you. I'm Gail. Hi I'm, guys. I'm Christina. So excited for today's podcast. We are going to be talking about some of the biggest things that you should talk about before you are getting married. Christina and I have both been married for almost 20 years each here. So we've got 40 years between the two of us. That's a whole lot of years considering that's about how old the two of us are, give or take a few years. It's a lot of years of marriage. Yikes. I just don't feel like I'm old enough to be married that long, but you know. So again, today we're gonna be talking about what you should talk about before you get married. We're gonna jump right into it today. Let's not hold back because I'm super passionate about this stuff. I've been married to my husband for, let's see, it'll be 20 years in about two months. And we didn't talk about hardly any of this stuff before we got married. I think that had I done some of these questions before my husband and I got married, it could have helped with a lot of grief that we've gone through in the last 20 years. But, you know, just the same, we have figured it out. What about you guys, Chris? We did, actually. We had one of my best friends in high school. Her mother was kind of like an extra mom. And she pulled us aside after she found out we were engaged. And she sat us down and she said, these are the things you need to talk about before you get married. Well, I'm glad you had somebody speaking truth into your life. It helped. It did. All right, guys. So... We're going to talk about some non-negotiables, like what should your non-negotiables be? It's super important when you're talking to your prospective life partner, whether you're engaged already or not, what your non-negotiables for marriage should be. You should have some. Absolutely, you should have some. I think that you should have at least three to five, at least the very minimum. And just off the top of my head, I have at least three to five, maybe seven, that I could come up with right now. I think that premarital counseling or like a mentoring program, if your church has one and you go to church, I would definitely take advantage of that. And if you're not engaged yet, it's okay to do that before you're engaged. Absolutely. It's actually imperative because sometimes you need to decide if getting engaged is a good idea. And sometimes those courses are imperative to that. All right, let's talk about what some of the non-negotiables should be and where those should be coming from, really. Let me talk about first my experience and why I think this is so important for a marriage. My husband and I, we did go to a premarital course at the church we were going to. However, not all churches are created equal. Okay. Not all churches, however false that they're projecting that they're teaching the Bible are not always actually teaching the Bible. So just be careful. (laughs) The premarital course that we took did not talk about any of the things that we're about to go over. So just keep that in mind that if you're going to a church that you're actually going to a Bible teaching, Jesus is Savior, God is the truth, the only way, the Bible is the truth, all of those things, that they're not adding anything to it, that they're not making their own creeds sparkle or otherwise, those kinds of things. So you just want to be very careful that they're actually giving you information from the Bible. That's my just little, you know, Wilson 4-2 is what my old pastor used to say. And it got my husband through a lot of things. So my last name is not Wilson. It's what my old pastor used to say. And we miss him a lot at our church. (laughs) First, 
key point that I really want to go over, like huge thing that I think is important and imperative that if you are a Christian, like if you are actively going to church, if you are actively seeking Jesus, if you are an active participant in the Christian church, then you should be searching for somebody who's equally yoked. You should be looking for someone that is going to be wanting to seek Jesus first, just like you. And that means that your household is going to look like a triangle, basically. God at the top of the triangle, and then you and your potential spouse at the bottom of the triangle. The triangle is going to be God and you and your spouse. You know, people are like, oh, what about my kids? Well, they're going to be underneath that triangle because you know what? They're going to go away. That triangle is forever and ever. Amen. Like it is unbreaking. It is forever and ever till you go to heaven. (laughs) The kids are underneath the triangle, guys. They are, the triangle is not upside down where you put your kids on top of that triangle shelf and God's underneath it at the bottom. It's got that point. It's just kind of wobbling your world. That's not how it works. It's just not how it works. If you are an active Christian and you claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you should be trying to find somebody who is equally yoked. Now, let me preface this with (laughs) my husband was not a believer when we met. He was 19. I was 19. We were both teenagers. I was technically a Christian, but let's all be real because I wasn't going to a very good church and I wasn't having biblical truth spoken into my life. No one stopped me and said, hey, should not be moving in with this guy. You should not be living together. You shouldn't be having premarital sex. You shouldn't be doing this because it's, you know, not in your best interest because God said so. Yeah, I didn't have that. My husband wasn't against God. He wasn't an atheist or anything. He just didn't know God. And so I think it's a very important that you know that if you are dating someone and they are like, entirely against God. They're like, yeah, I don't believe in God. I'm never going to go to church. Like you can't make me go. That's going to be a problem. But if the person you're dating is open to God, then making sure that you guys get on the same page before you're actually married is probably a better chance of having good communication and longevity in your marriage. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Do you have anything to add to that one? I think you covered that really well. If you are both seeking Jesus, if you are, regardless of where you are in your relationship with him, if you're both seeking Jesus, then you are going to be stronger together. Absolutely. Be equally yoked. I agree. Oh, and so equally yoked. Let's talk about that really quick because I put it in my notes and totally forgot to talk about it in the very beginning. Equally yoked is totally Christianese. Okay, so if you don't know what that means, let me explain. I meant to say that in the beginning. Equally yoked means that you find a partner to get into marriage with somebody who believes in Jesus Christ and that the Bible is the truth and that God is real. And that's equally yoked. That means that he believes he or, you know, if you're a guy and you're listening to this, welcome. Welcome to the girl land. But if you are a female, which is our typical demographic, and you're finding a guy who is going after God, that is your typical like mate right there. That's equally yoked. So if you're just not familiar with Christianese, because that's totally Christianese, equally yoked. Like people are like, what the heck is that? Yeah, it just is. You have to be careful with Christianese. Not everybody knows. I'm just saying. Second big thing that I think you should talk about before you get married, finances. Okay. Finances are huge. Okay. And I think that when you talk about finances, you need to talk about, do you have debt that you're going into a marriage with? Does he have debt that you're going into a marriage with? Do you guys have credit cards? 
Are you going to have credit cards as a married couple? Are you going to be a debt-free family? Do you even know who Dave Ramsey is? Like, what are the things that your family is going to follow when you guys join together as a family? Because not only are you coming together as one unit, you know, the Bible says you're coming together as one unit, but I definitely think finances should come together as one unit. And there's a lot of families nowadays that are coming together and they're not combining their incomes. And I I don't understand that in any way, shape or form. The woman makes money. She's this is my money. And then he makes his money. He's like, this is my money. And I'm like, are are you married? Because if you're you're married, it's our money. It doesn't matter who makes it. If he makes all of the money, which is the biggest part of our household income, it's still our money. He doesn't get mad at me if I go and spend it. I mean, I'm not a crazy spender in any way, shape or form. Like we're both pretty good savers. And we'll get into that in just a minute. But you have to know where you guys are financially before you get married. Where do you want to go financially as you progress in your marriage? So I'll have the, I have a little story. Landon and I did not know a lot about money when we were getting married. And my husband and I did made a lot of bad decisions about money. And we ended up having to file for bankruptcy when we were 27. And it was a really hard decision. We did not go at it lightly. We spoke to a lot of people in our church, a lot of mentors. It took us like seven months to pray about it and talk to people about it to come to a decision where we felt morally okay with it. The good thing is, is that we prayed about it a lot. We filed for the bankruptcy and then we never went back to those ways ever again. We're a debt-free family aside from our house at this point. Did find Dave Ramsey's ways (laughs) and, you know, and, and things aren't like, you know, we're not millionaires or anything in any way, shape or form, but we don't buy it if we don't have cash. You know, we just don't. And we do have some retirement now. Thank Jesus in heaven. It's just been a very different 13 years than the first seven. Yay. We didn't talk about any of this before we were married. And so it was very difficult to come together about budgeting and about what we were going to spend on groceries and about what we were going to spend on entertainment and those kinds of things. Are you going to be a budgeting family? Or, you know, do you make enough money that you can be somewhat frivolous? Like, what does it look like? You know, is someone going to stay home if you guys decide to have kids? Is it going to be mom? Is it going to be dad? Like, what are the things? You get, you have to talk about it. And money is the number one reason for divorce. It just is. And it's sad because most of it can be avoided with communication. Absolutely. We, um, yeah, money. Money is a tricky one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because there are so many pieces to that puzzle. It's not just how much money do we make. It's not just how much money do we spend. It's all of those factors. Um, A lot of moving pieces. A lot of moving pieces. It's actually our hot button. I'm going to call it our hot button. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just from our childhood growing up. For David and I personally, it was, it really influenced our parents raising us and both of our parents are divorced. So that really was something that was, has always been really important for us to talk about is money and all those factors. So absolutely discuss those things ahead of time and make sure that you're, you have the same year. It's really easy to talk about money when you have money, right? It's really easy to um, have those conversations when you're not stressed or struggling or 
you know, trying to figure out how you're going to Rob pay Peter the next. Pay exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But throughout marriage, things are going to happen. There's mm-hmm. going to be, whether it's a medical issue or a job issue or uh, who knows, right? So in those stressful moments when things are hard, that's not the time that you want to have that conversation because you now have to have that conversation. Right. You want to already know what, how you're going to interact and how you're going to get out of whatever situation you might be in. Well, or be able to just communicate about it. Absolutely. You know, and if you have a base mm-hmm. plan, yep. the plan is going to ebb and flow. Absolutely. But if you have a base, these are the things we believe in about money. These are the things we will or won't do about money. It makes a lot of those decisions a lot easier. It does. And it helps keep each other accountable too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've already have that plan that you've discussed when when things change, then you can, hey, remember we, we talked about this? This is what we had decided on. Right. Well, and I'm glad you brought up too, like about how the money from when we were kids, like Mm, how we were raised and the financial trauma Mm -hmm. that we might have been brought up in um, can totally be brought into your marriage. And um, that's definitely something that needs to be discussed because how your parents handled money might be how you were taught to handle money. Mm -hmm. And that might not be healthy, you know, and I know that that was a lot for my my spouse like a lot of the way he handled money was the way his family handled money and it wasn't healthy and so we had to work through that figuring out when it's okay to spend and when it's not okay to spend you know and figuring out do we have the funds to spend and do we not have the funds to spend and so because I think that naturally he wants to have the things so I'm a saver he likes to be a spender but he knows better than that now (laughs) (laughs) I think naturally he has that urge to spend um, because he likes all the things, but he is so, so good about it now to be a better saver. But yeah, (laughs) but naturally he's a, he's a spender. Okay. I think that's pretty typical too, that in, in a marriage, you have one person Mm -hmm. that tends to be the saver and one person that tends to be the, the spender. I guess that's better than both being the spender. It's true. It's true. I'm the saver. David's the spender. Okay. Typically. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. The next one that I have here for us to chat about is kids. Kids. Yes. Yeah. That's fun. Do we have them? Do we not? Do we homeschool? Do we public school? Do we private school? What do we do with children? (laughs) Yep. This was a huge trigger point for my marriage because for a really, really, really long time, we only wanted, well, he only wanted one kid. Huge trigger point. So hashtag 13 years between my two kids. <laughs> so, I mean, it's important that you guys talk about it before you have kids. Now, let me tell you this. Obviously, my husband and I were not married before we got pregnant. So there was like, boom, surprise. Here's, here's your daughter. So we didn't have that discussion before we were married. It was like, Hello, instant family. And it's fine. It's fine. My daughter looks like me, mostly. She's a slightly darker version of me because she is um, half white, half Native American. And so it's funny because she she looks just like me, though. And when people come over to, to see her or whatever, her friends or new people that have never met my husband <laughs> recently, because she's a grown up now, basically, uh, which is weird. They'll ask, is is he your stepdad? 
you know, oh. because she's a grown up and you see my son and he looks just like my husband. And and she's like, no, that's my dad. <laughs> I think it's hard for people to realize that my husband and I have been together as long as we have, because it's not typical, unfortunately, this in this day and age for me to have had a child at, you know, 19, early 20 and to still be with that guy, mm-hmm. you know, and and so and of course, she doesn't look like him. So they're just like, it's on your stamp down. And she's like, she's like no. <laughs> It's hilarious. It really is. It's funny. We laugh about it all the time because it happens on multiple occasions. But so you have to talk about it. Do you want no kids? Do you want five kids? Do you want a baseball team? If there is one of you, though, in this partnership of dating um, that doesn't want kids at all, that's a huge issue. If you get married and think you're going to change them or convince them into wanting kids, you're likely going to get a divorce. Like you usually can't change somebody's mind and don't definitely don't trap them into having kids because that's not going to go well. And then you're putting a whole baby person in the middle of your mess, right? It's true. And that's, that's no bueno. Don't do that. Just don't do that. Got to be on the same page with kids. Once you get on a similar page, well, similar page. Do you want them or do you not? Let's get on that page first. That's the key. Do you want them or do you not? Yep. The number. Let's get on that page first. That can change. The number can change as you have them. Yep. Because I mean, you know, let's say you want two and he wants four and you get there and you're like, oh, we can have another one. You get to the two and you're like, let's go for three. Let's go for five or whatever. So David and I had a fun agreement. Okay. He is an only child. I am not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He only wanted one kid that he was. I only want one. I don't know this story. So I'm super excited. I don't know this story. Okay. I know the the one year Mm. thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he was he was pretty adamant. He only wanted one kid. I always wanted Mm. a big family. So I wanted four to six kids. Go figure. I have five. But seven. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we didn't want this to be an issue in our relationship. And we didn't feel like at the time, as we were, you know, young ones getting married, that we could truly make that decision anyways at the moment. So what we agreed on was that we would have one. And after we had that one, we would wait a year. And then we would decide if we still wanted to, if we wanted to have another one. That's so the agreement I knew about. That's the like agreement. That every, at the every, one year mark, the you one have year the discussion. Mark. That's, we don't have the discussion beforehand. Right. Because beforehand, you're still tired. Right. And exhausted. Right. By one, you've kind of got your routine down. So mm-hmm. that was our agreement that worked really well for I us. I didn't realize he only wanted one in the beginning. He only wanted one. Yep. But well, we agreed that we wouldn't discuss it until she was one. Yeah. And look at him go. Now we have a lot. Now you have a whole minivan. We do. <laughs> we do. Aw. I love all the babies. I love them all. Well, I mean, that's a good plan, though. You know, and our story, I mean, we only had the one for a really long time. He was like, no, I just want the one. I'm good. Like, the three of us, I'm good. We're fine. Just, it's fine. <laughs> And really, it was more of a financial thing for him. You know, like he was like, I can't provide for anyone more than the three of us in this household. That's it. So I'm not going to no, not going to not going to do it. And then, of course, you know, after I lost the second baby and they said, you really shouldn't get pregnant again anyways. Anyhow, when Mackenzie was two-ish. I think she was like two when I lost Lainey. And so I was like, okay, well, that is only like 23 years old, right? So, you know, we were like, oh, 
okay, well, what do we do? We're only 23 years old, right? He was like, no, I'm good. We're really fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. This is this is what God wants because he's not allowing us to have more kids. And I'm like, that's what you get from this? That's not what I'm reading from this. <laughs> so we were not on the same page. But I really wanted to be servant wife like that he was good well you both have to be on the same page right, for something on the like same that page. right i again you never want to trap your spouse into something and so i left it alone and when he got into his career cuz he was in a job in his opinion for the first 11 years of being a grown up then he got into his career in his early 30s and he was like okay i think i think we could foster to adopt now and so then yeah so then that's when we got your bonus babies our our our, yeah we got our our girls and then we got our little guy and yeah so now we got our little guy when our when our biological daughter was 13 we started fostering yeah 2016 so yeah she would have been 13 and we adopted when he was 15 or when she was 15 so he he was almost two she was almost 15 so yeah it's i mean they're a lot of years apart it's like two singular children though mm-hmm. and i think that works for us we're really like one small child at a time people it, it just is it's who we are if once you guys decide if and how many kids you want to have or around the number you want to have you guys also have to decide like parenting styles now Granted, you're not going to know like down to the button what kind of parent you want to be. Trust me, it changes because you change as a person. And your kids are different. Right. So your kids are different. They need different parenting need different styles. Things, for sure. When do you want your kids to have cell phones? Because that's a thing now. It was not a thing when we were kids. When do you want them to date? Are you going to let them drive at 16? Are you going to put them in public school, private school, all the things? Are you going to homeschool? Are you going to homeschool? Let's say that one more time for the people in the back. Are you going to homeschool? It's just, you know, wanting to decide what you want your life to look like kind of big picture when you're having these discussions. These are the three big key points, in my opinion. And obviously, like I said in the beginning with the non-negotiables, your church home kind of has a big part in that. And that's a non-negotiable, in my opinion, as well. Do you have anything to add on any of those? No, that's there's only one more thing I would add to yeah, things you should talk it. about, but they're not on your list. That's okay. That doesn't have to be on my list. Go for it. I'm kind of hesitant to say it. Why? Politics. Well, uh, it's, it's our show. We can do whatever we want. That's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. anybody here. It's me and you. Go. I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. Politic is such a hot button for people. Yeah. And if you are on the different ends of the spectrum politically, that's going to that's going to cause some disagreements in your home. Not that you have to be on the same page, but if you are on different pages, you have to set some ground rules, yeah. you know, and just make sure that you can respect each other and each other's opinions. But being on the same page definitely helps have less arguments for sure. Well, and I think that is probably going to come from, I would hope that if you are going to similar churches and you are active in your religion, if you're active in your relationship with Jesus, you're going to be in similar um, politics stance. It is likely that you're going to be on the same page or at least a similar page. Right, right. Just being on the complete opposite would... Yeah, would definitely put a damper in the situation. Yeah. For sure. Yep. And then I have a little soapbox caveat to that. When we are voting, we are, it's important, right? Each of our votes should count. Each of our votes have a, a say, but 
in my humble opinion. Voting the same is super important. You're not always going to like the same candidate, but being able to sit down and discuss those and come to a conclusion together, that way you're not canceling each other's vote out. So just keep that in mind when you're, you know, when that time of year comes around that you have to make those decisions. Try and do it together. Try and and pick who you want to vote for together. Absolutely. It's it's how my husband and I do it. We sit down and we look at the book and we do the things and Mm -hmm. we talk it through because... Because we're grownups and that's what we do now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it just is when you get married, communication is the number one key. That is your, I mean, honestly, when we talk about non-negotiables, let's like shove everything else out the door that we've talked about. If you cannot communicate with the person you're about to marry, you are going to lose. You will lose. None of this will matter if you cannot talk to the person you are going to marry. Mm -hmm. effectively kindly empathetically Mm -hmm. with compassion with understanding understand yeah i mean trust me i don't do it well (laughs) i didn't do it well for a really long time and it caused a lot of grief because one i didn't talk about any of these things and i was a really bad communicator because i always want to be right (laughs) i just do i'm sorry I'm not a narcissist. I'm really not. I just always want to be right. I'm working on it. Me and the Lord. It was a really hard thing for me for a really long time. And it took me a really long time to hear my husband say it. He always said it to me, but it was a really hard thing to receive. So communication is huge. It is. It is key. It is like the biggest non-negotiable. Yep. All right. I think that's everything. Do you have anything else? That was a good one. That was a good one. I liked it a lot. Liked it a lot. Okay. So if you liked everything we just discussed, make sure to join our community. Facebook. We're on Instagram. My husband likes to call it Insta Snatch. We should be on TikTok by now. I'm hoping. If we're not, I will be soon. And then subscribe to the show if you're not already so you get dings every time we post a new weekly show. If you are not on our mailing list, make sure that you click on the link in the show notes because it will be there for you to get on our newsletter. We will send out one monthly with the upcoming show episode titles for that next month that will be coming out in the newsletter each month with some tips, mom tips, wife tips, all the things. So yeah, so if you aren't doing those things, make sure you're doing the things. We want you to be a part of our community because we're here every week for you guys because we're super excited to share all of the fun stuff. So make sure you're there because we'll be there. Yeah? Oh, okay. every Wednesday. All right, let's pray. Let's pray it out. All right, Lord Jesus, we come to you today and we are just so thankful for this journey. We're so thankful for this time that you've given to us to share with the world all of the things that you've impressed on our hearts and the journey that you've allowed us to go through to help these women go through maybe a little bit simpler, maybe a little bit smoother, maybe just just a little bit kinder to you right next to them. You know, we've gone through it already. And I know, Lord, that it would have just been that much sweeter if we had had somebody speaking biblical truth into our life. And so we just pray that we are that for them. And we just ask that they are enjoying our community and that you are the center of that in your holy and awesome name. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, bestie. bestie.